The Movie Hour, episode 105, October 22nd, 2010. You want to see crazy? No, I've seen that movie, and spoiler alert, it ends with a closet full of my suits on fire! Welcome back, everyone, to the Oliver Platt Baby Fat Movie Hour. This is Greg Maloney coming to you straight from the Gunga Pit Studios on this late Thursday night. I'm joined by everyone's favorite characters. They're my favorite also. Jim and Jeff, welcome back to the show, fellas. Hey, guys. How's it going? Fantastic. Jeff's busy watching the Phillies game. We're trying to do a little recording here, you know, get everything, get everyone together. I know we're actually... I love Oliver Platt. (laughs) Who doesn't like Oliver Platt? Communists kind of like him. You, what do you mean? Even you kind of like him? Does that mean you don't like a lot of people? Or yeah, you just, I'm a grumpy just, old man. You, you are. T- <laughs> you do. You're extra tired today. I must. Admit. I would not ask him to get off my lawn where he could be on my lawn. <laughs> he could be on my lawn. I don't usually do this, but you start the show with an apology. We are recording late mainly because. Uh, it's coming to the point, like, maybe at the beginning of this podcast, 103 episodes ago, you didn't used to do this. It's like almost every other yeah. episode now. <laughs> if you don't do it, I wonder why you're not apologizing. I've got, a, I've got a, like, a permanent spot in the rundown for it now, too. Like, apology, <laughs> question mark. Apology. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I do take full responsibility for the tardiness of this podcast. I, uh... Got work caught up with me and uh, couldn't meet up to do uh, get to the studios. Uh, you guys don't know this, but the studios is in a pretty uh, exclusive, very uh, very far away place, and we can't exactly tell you where it is. But uh, it's in a bunker, and we cannot. Um, it's not easy to get to, so I, I was unable to make it to work. And uh, we're here now, though, safe from the bombs, and here here for uh, here for your enjoyment. Everyone's podcasting things catching on. It was just on an episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. They they were doing a podcast. Are you serious? They were doing a podcast? Man, I'm really upset I'm missing these episodes. I'm really upset I'm missing these episodes. That was a pretty good one. I saw that one. I I liked it quite a bit. They had had some people from from previous seasons show up. It was was a pretty good one. The McPoyles? No, no. If you were in, you would know about it by now. I would, yeah. I would have been going nuts. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm one of those people that don't pay for cable, so I got to wait for either going over to someone else's place to watch it DVR'd or wait for it to pop up on Hulu. Deleted, whatever. Deleted, <laughs> deleted. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been an exciting week. Uh, last weekend, our uh, close friends got married. Went to a, a wedding that weekend. It was a Friday wedding, which left me two days to fully recover from it, which I ended up needing because I got so hell yeah, you did um, shit faced. Yeah, that that wasn't my plan though. It just happened. It must have been. It was God's plan. And uh, tell, God's tell plan the story, tell the story. for you to puke all over a pregnant lady's car. <laughs> what kind of god do you live under? Hey, dude, if you buy a Cherokee and don't expect to get vomited on, then I don't know. I don't know uh, what your what your plan is. But most people vomit on it out of respect, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, turned out, I got. I love Greg when he was telling me this story. I wasn't in town for this wedding, but uh, when he's telling this story, apparently people are ordering Taco Bell out one window. Yeah. While- Puking out the other window. <laughs> that just that image to me is so great. Someone leaning out one window, going, "Yeah, I'll have three chalupas," and Greg leaning out the opposite window, hurling. 
It was maintaining the equilibrium of the car, basically. It was exact. It was exactly that. And, uh, yeah, I felt really bad about that. I actually called her the next next morning, even though um, I felt completely terrible the next morning. Yeah. (laughs) Greg goes, I have here on my agenda, I need to apologize. Yeah, I was on a a quest (laughs) to uh, get a – yeah, what's the word? I needed to get a – Forgiveness. What's uh, forgive forgiven? Thank you, Jim. I'm sorry. There's a reason you're on the show, Jim, and you're uh, you're nailing it. You're nailing it today. I'm happy. I'm happy. Human dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Anyhow, people have tuned in to talk about movies, so we should probably go to that. It's talk about. That's movies. why people are listening. Yeah, yeah. That and to hear me talk, I think, is usual. Oh. And hear about my day, which I know we've gone through. But uh, right, first feature: High Hunters, Highwood Hoopla, a big one. Which I, I'm going to say right now um, had a lot of help with this hoopla. A lot of the team got together to, to put this put this on. There's a lot of voting involved. We've I discussed have no responsibilities here whatsoever. Yeah, it's intense. Anyhow, um, the first one, and this is the one I wanted to pick out. Uh, my this is from top of my list. And if you got if you've been living under like if you've been living under a rock, you probably haven't heard. But otherwise, you know that there's a Total Recall remake coming out. Uh, you know the 1990 Governor vehicle. Uh, <laughs> For some reason, I just had the vision of Quato singing Chuck. Rain. Yes, it yes, is like awesome CGI. Of course you have. Of course you have. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen that video, go go look it up. Anyhow, it's set to be directed by Len Wiseman, which bodes poorly. For anyone interested in seeing a movie that doesn't copy the, the 1990 original, uh, Wiseman got uh, pretty much made his mark with the Underworld series, which you know might as well have been the one responsible for birthing Twilight all over the contiguous United States. So, because Underworld's just yeah, <laughs> that's a really interesting visual right there. <laughs> the contiguous United States, by the way, Alaska's the placenta. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm just upset that this movie like this the Total Recall like when you go to the source material is like an actual interesting movie it's pretty much it could be a movie that's just about where technology gets to the point where we can implant experiences in people's heads like what kind of reality we'd be living in at that point and what are the you know repercussions and de- like problems we have to deal with it seems like this remake I would be pumped for. Like this would be a cool remake if they went and actually changed the story. But since this guy is directing it, I can guarantee you it's just going to be you know like the Total Recall insert Jason Statham, and that's going to be the movie. And <laughs> uh, it's just upsetting. Like this is one of the remakes that I thought would actually be done well, and I I, I don't know. What do you like? You guys have you guys even heard about this? I know it's I know it's not that big of a deal, but I have not heard about this. I don't even remember who Glenn Wiseman was. I started looking him up and got distracted by a picture of Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beckinsale, yeah, yeah. right. So Someone. if he includes her, I'm in. <laughs> and actually, I didn't even like the first, like the original Total Recall that much, so. Right, right. The original was just, you know, yeah, Arnie, if, a couple good one-liners, and, you know, a three-boobed woman, and that was it. Yeah, and, and if it's... Quato. And Quato. chocolate rain. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it kind of fits in with my requirements for a good... You know, movie to remake one that I didn't like to begin with. So right, either remake this movie and Johnny Mnemonic like in the same year. It's like the same exact kind of idea. It's pretty much like that. 
kind of. I know I've seen Total Recall, but I don't remember anything about it aside from Quato. You don't remember the cheesy "I'm out in the Mars atmosphere, my ear or my eyes are bugging out," and then they go oh, back that to normal. Part was awesome. <clears throat> no, I don't remember that. I do remember the three-breasted woman, obviously. obviously. Of course, anybody of teenage youth does. The next topic, Wolverine 2, the continued story of the badass X-Man, has director Darren Aronofsky on board, according to lead actor Hugh Jackman. Jackman said Aronofsky will be making the movie great. There will be something to think about as you leave the theater, for sure. Apparently, uh, Jackman hasn't seen Requiem for a Dream. (laughs) Yeah. I did not like that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Requiem for a Dream or X-Men Origins Wolverine? Yes. Because they're pretty close to the same thing. <laughs> yes, they're all big, long, and painful. No. <laughs> I know I'm... that – I know Aronofsky was on the short list to do, uh, the, like, the new – well, not new anymore, but the Batman re, uh, reboots, actually. Right. Um, so maybe he's just had a hankering to do a superhero movie, and this is the first uh, shot he got. I, I don't know. And The Wrestler was freaking awesome. And uh, Requiem for a Dream was – a very intense and moving movie, if nothing else, and the yeah. fountain was eh, and pie was kind of cool. So I don't know, like I'm I'm, I'm interested. I guess I'm, yeah. I, I'm way more apt to see this movie than the first Wolverine movie. I can tell you that. Are you interested because you want to see an action movie with a spin by Darren Aronofsky, or are you interested on in how Darren Af- or Aronofsky is going to do an action movie? You know what I mean? Isn't that the same thing? No, uh, at least I'm not explaining it right then. Um, is he going to take an action movie and, you know, ro- is he actually going to be writing this thing too is the next question. Is he going to have any writing credits to this? Uh, Probably. I don't know. I didn't see. Anyhow, um, so is he going to take it and do a nice little Aronofsky, look how deep I can be, action movie, or – is he actually just going to take this whole fucking project over and turn this into something that's not so much an action movie, but a Darren Aronofsky movie, if you know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, I would. What are you interested in seeing? Is what I'm asking you. Not what. Yeah, I would probably prefer a Darren Aronofsky movie than right. a Wolverine okay. movie with a Darren Aronofsky twist. Okay, that's exactly what I want to know. I appreciate it, James. What are you, are you interested uh, in? This I one? like the other way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wolverine awesome. is the, my main interest in this. He's. Probably my most favorite superhero of all time. And I've been just dreading all the renditions of this. I like the casting for Wolverine, but really I haven't liked a whole lot else about all of his movies. So I'm a little cautiously intrigued about this. Aronofsky's, you know, brings some, at least some clout to the, to the directing biz. And Macquarie's supposedly scripting it, and he did Usual Suspects and couple other things that kind of and whatever but it, i want it to i want it to succeed so i'm hoping this is the right answer i'm not <laughs> sure if it that is that amount of talent be any more wasted right like i mean i know you love wolverine but it just seems like that's just i mean like they're trying to perform cpr on a corpse as opposed to like actually trying to make something new yeah. i don't know they, they need just, to go in a dark direction because that's oh that's what I loved about Wolverine, and they haven't. So it's gonna make billions, dude. It's gonna make billions. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it at all. Speaking of established, awesome, really talented actors, when asked if he regretted any of his films, action star Bruce Willis said about a dozen. About a dozen. <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Well, I love that. I'm just the kid crazy. wasn't that bad. Come on, the kid. Anyone? Did anyone see that movie, Bruce Willis? No. What about yourself? Remember no. North? 
I don't even know what that movie is. Uh, yeah, it's starring child star uh, um, Elijah Wood. I don't think he's a child. Was he a child in that? Yeah, really? yeah. Jason was Alexander was in it. Um, wow. As his dad, and I think he was like, if I remember correctly, like he left home and um, and and he went with a bunch of different families, and turns out that he just wanted to be home again. Uh, and wow. I think Bruce Willis played like his imaginary bunny friend or something like that. And uh, all all I really remember about it, God, this is so. Turns bad. out it's a Seinfeld vehicle. You've got Jason Alexander, Julie Louise Dreyfus. And he- <laughs> So you're looking it up. Okay, yeah. There's a part in in it, and I'm trying to remember what the context was exactly, and this is so boring to anyone listening. Please just fast forward for 13 seconds. But there's a part where uh, somebody got uh, Jason Alexander's character, his dad, to to say uh, like it, like that they were like, oh, we're, we 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 can't get your son back to you, but we have this new guy, Hugh, and he kept saying we don't want Hugh, and then they edited it and sent it to Elijah Wood, and it sounded like he said, we don't want you, we don't want you. Oh, it was oh bad. my god! And that god. was the devious plot. <laughs> wow! Just kill me wow. now. <laughs> <laughs> And Jeff has gone bye bye. Oh, I will say though, Hudson Hawk. Everybody hates Hudson Hawk, and I gotta say, (laughs) Hudson Hawk is a great film. It is, but I was I was reading a lot of comments on this article, and a lot of people were shitting over Hudson Hawk, and I cannot believe it. That's like, it's like the best tongue in cheek Bruce Willis movie ever. That movie's awesome. Movie's great. It's awesome. Ah, right, man. Great hoopla today. Last hoopla, last hoopla topic. Mel Gibson, the the famous, the famous Mel Gibson, not the infamous, infamous, was slated for a cameo in Todd Phillips' sequel, The Hangover 2. Director Phillips has since called it due claiming, uh, sorry, claiming that he didn't have the full support of his cast and crew for the decision. The sequel will be out next May. Yeah, sad story. Very sad story. Somebody apparently on the cast doesn't like misogynistic (laughs) anti-Semites all. (laughs) Everyone's got to be so PC in Hollywood. I can't say anything about minority groups or women. (laughs) Ridiculous. Oh, man, I don't know. it has got to be the worst person on the on the planet. Is he any like how much worse than Tyson? Is he how much worse? I don't know. I feel like Tyson's on the upswing. Yeah, Gibson hasn't found. Right. Well, maybe maybe Gibson can be on the upswing. It's actually maybe the, the exact same thing will happen. It's actually the right step. It's just the wrong time. People aren't ready to forgive him yet. Give it a couple years or something, and then try and do something. You're like right. This. Tyson has had some time out of the limelight. Maybe Mel Gibson needs a little. Yeah, needs to lay low a little bit. Probably not scream at his wife on the phone or his girlfriend on the phone anymore. That might be. That might be good. Around. <laughs> yeah, smack around, maybe. Yeah, blaming the Jews for the world problem, the world's problems, is a big deal. Oh man, The Hangover Two. Is anyone excited for that? Zach yeah. Galifianakis, come on. Yeah. Right. I saw um I saw an extended trailer for um due date and it actually looked kind of funny. Yeah. I was turned off by it to tell you the truth. I'm not oh the <laughs> whole Zach Galifianakis like, like running into the car door and falling over. I don't know. Oh, that looks stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, there's the a lot that? of bad looking stuff in it, but you know, I don't know. Like, I feel I feel like the the overall comedy might be might be there. 
All right. Oliver Platt's Baby Fat Movie Hour is moving on to the movie reviews. Our uh, movie reviews, and we have you can't question. stop Oliver Platt. You can't stop him. He's moving on. Two, we got movie reviews, and we have Jeff on the list first because Jeff's got the big the big dog today. The big dog. So Jeff, yeah, I saw the Social Network. Ooh. Did you see it by yourself? No, okay. no, I, I I couldn't. That would have been awesome. <laughs> um, I went and saw it with my with my lovely girlfriend uh, in New York, which is oh something awesome. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the news. There's like a bed bug problem in yeah. a lot of. Uh, oh, I heard about that. So a lot of people brought uh, garbage bags to the theater and set them up over their. <laughs> That's awesome. Jesus. I, yeah, that was it, yeah, that was funny. So that, that's that's the context in which I'm seeing this movie. Um huh. So did you hear a lot of crumpling like as you were watching the Yeah, it wasn't so bad, but it was just sort of like I mean, it was probably only like four or five people in a theater of a few you know, well, those theaters are a little smaller. They're usually a theater of maybe a hundred. 150, but it was it was definitely there. It was definitely something that right. people were I'm, doing. I'm very interested in this, so continue continue the, the social network review. Alright, so the movie, I'll get this right out of the way, the movie was good. Um, it was fine. Uh, nothing wrong with it at all. Well, I shouldn't say, and nothing big wrong with it. I, it just wasn't like that great, I didn't think. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've come to expect big things from Fincher, and he's pretty much been letting me down since Fight Club, but still, um, he, uh, Fincher, David Fincher, the director, did a good job. I feel like the most stylized, interesting things that he did had really nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. Like, it was just sort of like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna do this and try and stop me. Um, but, it was it was it was definitely entertaining the whole way through. Um, Jesse Eisenberg's pretty good in it. Uh, Andrew Garfield, who we can we can officially call my boy if you guys want. Uh, Interesting. Was Interesting. Yeah, he, I uh, I was quite fond of his, of him. His role was excellent. And he was great in it. Um, I have a I Rashida Jones plays a small part. I have a huge crush on Rashida Jones, so I like her. <laughs> so um, I like, which means I like her. And uh, let's see who else. Oh God, what's the guy's name? Um, there's a guy named Army Hammer. Nice. Yeah, Army Hammer, who twins the uh, the Winklevoss twins. Um, what the hell? Okay. Yeah, which is a pet peeve of Greg. Greg's, yeah. but it was not like I honestly believed that it was twins. I, I I just found out recently that it was only one person playing both of them. Um, Odd. but uh, it's it, he's he's pretty good in it. Um, he's it, quite believable. The acting was good across the board. Um, everybody that that was in it, even Justin Timberlake, I thought did a great job. Um, and it, again, it's an entertaining movie. It just doesn't have like that. I don't know what you call it, but that thing that like puts it over the top to make it like a classic, uh, and or even close to that. It's just it's just a good movie. So, you know, walk, don't run, but it's worth seeing. What was uh, your take on the the writing, Aaron Sorkin? Yeah, big dog, a few good men, good, good, West good Wing. conversations and everything for the most part. Uh, a couple points where it gets a little bit heavy handed, I thought, but um, you know, good. It's it's good. It's the the uh, the dialogue is very believable in most cases. 
I think that they overdid Mark Zuckerberg's character a little bit, I guess. would, But, you know, who knows? I haven't met Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Maybe he really is like that. Sorry, I've been drinking. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Now a drunk man can't do any review. Come on. That's, that's judging right now. Oh, man. So Je- does Jesse Eisenberg play Michael Sarah, who's playing himself? No, you know, I think... He plays Jesse Eisenberg. I'm comfortable in saying now that there is a distinct, a, a small but distinct dot line. Okay. Um, like he's not. He's he's yes. He's still like unsure of himself, youth, but he's not uh, as awkward, right? And, um, the other, I got a couple other comments. I ended up seeing. I'm sure you saw it too. Uh, Justin Timberlake's couple doing his press stuff for the the movie and doing uh, the Daily Show. And, uh, oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I like. First off, he reminds me of Rory, and in, in, at least in that in that interview. But he's I'm I'm warming up to him, man. I must admit. Uh, at least. I yeah, I got no problem with Justin Timberlake. I you know I'm not I don't run out to buy his albums or anything. Right, but right. I think they're pretty much as good as anything that gets played on the radio for the most part these days. And I think he's he's kind of a cool guy. He's pretty funny. Um, and he had and, a big uh, role in this, didn't he? A uh, fairly large role. He was, I would say the. Third, third or fifth largest character, depending upon how you want to roll it. Um, there's also an actress in this movie, Rooney Mara or Mara. Uh, she plays Erica Albright in that movie. I, what is she like the love interest of Eisenberg's or something? Or uh, Erica uh, Albright is her character name. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah um, sort of. Okay. Uh, without giving too much away, they like break up in the first scene of the movie. Okay. Well, and she sort of remains like a constant. Did you? What did you? Do you think she was good at all? Or yeah, she she was very believable. She was. She, she was I saw her in the. She was the main girl in the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. So you oh, know, really? like you know how much acting is involved in that. But regardless, I I didn't like her in that. So I was curious what he thought about it in this because she's actually gonna be playing. Um, in the remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, she plays Elizabeth Selander. I don't know if any of you guys have seen, seen that movie, but it just seems like that movie's going to fucking blow with her acting. As Like, her, that role is it's sort of like you're, she's supposed to play, like, the tough girl street smart kind of thing in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and that just yeah, does I not... Yeah, I, I don't get that from... Yeah, like, like, I, based on I didn't see the new Nightmare Before Elm Street or Night, Night well, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but uh, but she was she was decent in this, right? Uh, right. It's gonna be yeah, I don't know, horrible like, at, at, at the absolute worst, right? And also when I was actually seeing that, I noticed that someone else you guys might recognize in uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo remake, uh, Robin Wright is gonna be in it. And I was like, holy shit, Robin Wright! I haven't heard that name in forever. AKA Princess Buttercup. It's, I was like, damn. Whoa. Still, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still rocking. She's done a lot of stuff, actually. I just didn't know it. Um, sort of a. She's been quietly having a career. Yeah, yeah. Dignified. Dignified Robin Wright. Dignified. <laughs> <laughs> a word you don't too often hear on this show. <laughs> Us paying respect to someone. Oh, man. Awesome. Dignified. Awesome. Oh, man. All right. Fantastic review. Fantastic review. I'll, I'll go next. I've got, a, I've got a quick one. As you guys know, if you've been listening, for the last couple of episodes, I'm on the, my uh, Hayao Miyazaki movie trend, and this uh, week's no different. Jesus so, Christ, have you not seen all of them yet? There's a there's a, a couple to go through, man. There's quite a few here, even just uh, not including like the shorts and everything. There's quite a few, and uh, this is actually I think this is the fifth, the fifth like feature film, I guess you could say he made was a uh, Kiki's Delivery Service is what I saw. Um, I'll just go through it quickly. 
I actually thought when I saw this movie it was going to be like a Cinderella type movie. The idea is um, in this world there are witches and witches just grow up in like an area accustomed to witches and then go out to towns and each town has its own witch and that witch just like does you know services for that town. And I don't mean sexual in any way, but um, they do. Uh, I'm sure, have you been to all the towns? <laughs> um, anyhow, so this is a story about a young girl that you know is accustomed to when you're becoming a witch to go on your own and you know go to a town and help them. And so she goes to a town and tries to figure out what she's good at and helps and starts Kiki's delivery service. And you get the idea that, you know, she's a young girl that wants to sort of fit in, but she also, you know, wants to become a witch and aspires to these things and um, tries to get along in the society. And I sort of thought it was going to be like a fish out of water and then, you know, falls into place and everything works out. And it is like that. It's a very beautiful story, you know, like everyone says, it's Disney-esque kind of, kind of themes here. But um, really liked it. Uh Still would probably recommend, if you're going to pick up the first one, that's relatively early, see uh, Princess Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. That's that's the one you want to watch. A couple interesting notes. Kirsten Dunst was the English version voice of uh, Kiki, which was her first credited acting role. So that's the first thing she did, Kirsten Dunst. Really? So you can uh, blame Hio Miyazaki or you know, can, you know, thank him, whatever you feel like for Kirsten. When I see him, I'm giving him a high five, but I'm still pissed off because <laughs> I'm a Japanese animation genius. He's not. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, uh, that's all I want to say. Uh, James, I guess you've got, you've got the last one. Uh, okay. Um, I ended up seeing a movie called The Nines. It's uh, from 2007. Um, let's get your boy in it, doesn't it? It does, and that's how it got on my radar. It's got Ryan Reynolds nice. in it. Um, and he plays an actor who apparently has gone through some sort of breakup. Uh, he kind of throws a little tantrum, throws all of her stuff into like the grill out in his backyard, lights it on fire, and then just leaves the house. And then uh, just randomly goes down into the hood, finds a crack dealer, does some crack, crashes nice. his car, gets arrested, and basically gets put under house arrest uh, under the watchful eye of some. I mean, besides a uh, you know the little ankle bracelet thing. Uh, there's like a PR rep there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it's like the new come on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> They're polar opposites. They don't get along. Yeah. No, um, but um, the weird thing is, while he's under house arrest, he starts to notice some weird unsettling things, like notes he in his handwriting that he didn't write... Um, he swears he sees things and hears things in the house and things just start to get really weird. And the movie itself is very strange. Um, he's trying to figure out what's, what's, you know, going wrong, why things are, you know, so messed up. Um, and without giving too much away, cause I think it, this movie is worth a watch. Um, it's, it's just a really bizarre thing. There's lots of, there's a few layers to it. It kind of reminded me to some of Jeff's, you know, professed likes there. Uh, some realities within reality type stuff. Um, the movie's very different. You kind of get that sense from the very start of it. Um, it had me intrigued uh, the, the entire time. Basically, the characters were engaging enough to keep me involved too. Um, but in the end, the movie kind of fails a little bit. I think there is a, a lame kind of ending to it, but. Uh, I had high aspirations, but it was just a little too off the wall for me, I think. But uh, 
It, remi- it actually reminded me of Jeff again because when we were talking about one of our Parker Posey play-alongs a couple of weeks ago about uh, reasons we don't like movies, uh, Jeff brought up a good point about movies that don't try anything, just really piss them off, you know? Just, and I, I, I think this movie did try to do something, and it almost succeeded, and it, w- it was worth a watch for that. So if you're looking for something new, it might be kind of cool to take a flyer on this movie. It is kind of messed up, though. Um, the writer-director, John August, he wrote actually quite a few things. Big Fish, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, Charlie's Angels. Oh, my God. Um, I've seen one was of those. It? Yeah, you saw – I've seen all those. No, How about Titan Just, a, just a, one. Just one. I've seen all those too. Oh. Just Uno. Um, Uno. But this was his first – his like first real directing thing. He did a short a long time ago. Did you like think that was part of the failure or – because you said the acting No, the failure the is based on the wrap-up. <laughs> the ending isn't that a shame like, yeah it's i feel like it's so e- well not easy but like it's 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 really not as hard like it you can make a really twisted and winding and awesome plot but then just not wrap it up properly and it well it's not even the execution it's the explanation is something i'm just like really that that's what's going on here okay <laughs> that's i mean mm-hmm. so that was the part that didn't uh, i mean the execution itself was okay it's it wasn't great, but it was okay. Um, but I really enjoyed the performances. Um, I'm not a big Hope Davis fan, and she plays a major role in this. But and I kind of liked her. I thought she did a good job. And um, Melissa McCarthy's in it from uh, Gilmore Girl fame, if you guys know that. And then uh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. and then Elle Fanning, one of the Fanning sisters. That's so. terrible news. Uh, last comment: I noticed that uh, on the um, the poster. They've got him with a green armband. Is this any uh, any? Uh, you know, they make little... a big deal about it in the beginning, and I don't understand the significance of it. It's definitely they just want it, it's just a giant plug for the Green Lantern with the green ring. That's what it, <laughs> it is. Could be. That's true. No, you, they <laughs> that's true. They do that, you know. <laughs> they definitely make a point of showing him with it, and you can tell it's supposed to have some significance. At the end of the movie, I didn't know what the significance of the, the armband was supposed to be. Hmm. Maybe you missed something, Jim. It could be. It could be. Awesome. Fantastic. So, uh, right, that brings us to the, the final Parker Posey play-along. Not the final one you're ever going to listen to, but our final feature here at the show. Uh, fantastic question last week. A fantastic question. What's so funny, Jeff? I was just, just laughing at your description. Laugh, <laughs> laughing at the Phillies? Are you laughing at the Phillies? No, I'm not laughing at the Phillies, but I... I uh... Okay, that's fine. Fine. Can I continue with the Parker Posey play-along, Jeff? I, I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jim's question last week... What unrevealed, unexplained, or non-shown piece of a movie would you like to be privy to? Example, an ambiguous movie ending, or who was the mystery man, etc. James, do you have any specific answers you wanted to bring up? Uh, There's a couple that really struck home with me that I thought were great examples of this. Was it mine? Uh, no. Yours um, was terrible. Uh, just, <laughs> just absolutely awful. Um, my two favorites were from uh, Michelle W. bringing up, I believe it was her, that brought up the uh, the FedEx box from Cat. That's a good one. Like, That's what a good the one. hell was in that box the entire time? He didn't open it. And then I love uh, B. Sicta's uh, bringing up of the the punchline to the Breakfast Club joke. While he's that was my favorite. Yeah, that's a great one. One I definitely did not think of, and I'm glad like people were able to think of other good examples of this, and that was a great one. There were um, a lot of... I also, I've never seen the conversation, but I think I should. Uh, but Ver- Varys, with that answer, I, it, his description of it was it was a very good description. I've seen yeah, that movie. I, 
there are a couple of movies that people brought up that I did not understand, that I haven't seen. So I was very, very happy to catch up on those. And uh, yeah, I guess Jeff, you're our next up on the Parker Posey play along. See how you do. Rock and roll. All right. You're being watched. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that like your new tagline? Are you going to keep saying yes? <laughs> do I need to look out for that? Uh, continue. All right. What is your favorite cameo appearance in a movie? Cameo appearance. Yes. So something That's where a good question. Cameo appearance. Cameo. Appearance. Well, it would have been <laughs> Mel Gibson and right Hangover Two if it wasn't for some angry Jewish boy. So cameo being a surprise cast member that wasn't really announced in any uh, any shape or form before movie hit theaters. Well, just just a cameo appearance, yeah. Some somebody that plays a, a small, uh, a, a famous, a, a, a famous person playing a bit part in a movie. Okay, cameo. Okay, uh, my answer. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, for whatever reason, despite having many that I think are probably actually better, my answer is going to be Dan Aykroyd in the movie Canadian Bacon. Huh. I don't awesome. even know if you, if you guys even I seen the not. movie. I've seen, I have seen Canadian Bacon, but I don't remember Dan Eckward being in it. All right, Who is so, he in it? Is he like one of the, the high uh, players or something? Up, the build-up is that they're driving um, to Toronto because they think it's Canada's capital in a in like an RV that's got like Canada socks and stuff like that spray painted all over the sides of it, and and um, like just all kinds of different things spray painted all over the sides and they get pulled over by uh, a Mountie who is Dan Aykroyd, maybe not a Mountie, but you know, a Royal right. Canadian police, whatever. Anyway. And he says, this is Canada. You can't have that. He has to put it in French too. Yeah. And, so, and, and so they put it in French and then drive off. And I don't know. I just love like, I don't know. It was just perfect for Dan Aykroyd to be there. And it's kind of a stupid joke, but it's like a very, and he's from Canada. I don't know. I really like that. That, uh, I thought it was wonderful. Didn't hurt anybody's feelings. Same time. Right. I gotcha. This one's tough. Like I've got the obvious answer. I don't really want to use it, but yeah, I didn't want to yeah. use the obvious one yeah. either. Um, yeah, Jim, you got something? Hmm. If I'm not allowed to use the obvious trying. one, um, I guess I'll go with. Uh, Do we all think the obvious one's the same thing? I assume so, yeah. since it's yeah. your boy. I actually, I've got a decent one. If you want, is if that you the wanna, one we're talking? If you want, no, no, no. Um, I think the one that you guys are talking about is Bill Murray and uh, Zombieland. But, uh, that's what I assumed you guys were talking about. Right, right. That's what I was thinking of. But I've got another good one. Okay. And it's a, it's we can open it up to all the kinds of jokes we want. Uh, Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, you want? You got anything? Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'll just continue. You're um, fucking fired. <laughs> um, yeah, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Great movie to begin with. Um, and I think I think Jeff, you've you've spoken a little harshly about it before, just saying without that scene, it's just meh. But it's a great movie. I like the whole movie. I and my uh, boy about Harris is in it too. So with, without that scene, it's average. Okay. With that scene, it's a good movie. Alec Baldwin, within I think it's like within the first like eight minutes of the movie, throws in a pitch, sets sort of the the uh, 
problem for the whole movie and uh, these sales, the sales departments trying to sell or real estate, I guess sales department, people trying to sell real estate, um, gives a pitch to them, lays out this hardcore, I'm a badass from downtown and these are the rules, this is how you play them, this is what you have to do to be a man and that, like that scene itself is just iconic but um, relative to the movie, it's... Like it's yeah, like Jeff has, has mentioned, it's amazing. Without it being in the movie, it would be quite less a movie. But uh, and I think you throw any other person in there, you know, I'd say one in a, a thousand might do just as good of a job. It's not simple, and he does a great job in it. I don't know if there was actually like I didn't look. I doubt there is, but I'm curious if there's actually any awards given out for that role. Um, but it was it was awesome, and I, I think that would that would suffice as a cameo, right? Well, like it's like four minutes of the movie. Yeah, it doesn't minutes, pop maybe. back in. I don't remember. No, nope, no, nope, that's it. it. The one time, and it's been so long. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess it has been sort of a long time. But I think that, that's a great fucking answer, Greg. Good answer. Congratulations. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, the reason I think the reason it popped in my head, we were talking about it just recently. I think it was on. I think it's on instant streaming or something right now. Very good movie. Very good. Uh, but yeah, James, did you do you think something? Uh, I really want to use one of Chuck Heston's appearances, but uh, I'm actually going to follow mm. um, Jeff's footsteps and go with one that I don't know if I just never noticed or totally forgot, but one that I rediscovered. I'm going with Dan Aykroyd in uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, see, that's what I thought of when he said it. When he said Dan Aykroyd, that's what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, he uh, just kind of... You know, I'm not going to say anything good about Temple of Doom. This is true, this is true. It's true but, all uh, Yeah, he's on the uh, Indies on the run, a short round, and their new lady friend uh, need to get out of town, so they go to the airport, and the person that escorts them to the plane is none other than Dan Aykroyd, just kind of out of nowhere, just in there. And I think he has, like, a line, right? He says, just, like, enjoy your trip, sir, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a few lines. Lines as they're walking, they kind of do a quick walk and talk, okay. and then yeah, and then it's followed up by probably the best line in the in, the entire movie. So long, Lao Che shuts the door, and it says Lao Che Airlines. Oh, it's awesome. Man. Yeah, it's fantastic. For the poison, Doctor Joe. <laughs> Just because I don't think anybody's gonna say this because it's so outside the box. I, I uh, after I after I. It just answered my own question. I looked up great cameos on Google, and one of the first things that came up was Billy Idol and the Wedding Singer. That's, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Good. There's a lot and lot of answers out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even like ones by like you know directors, you know, doing little cameos of their own stuff. You know. Well, you got you've got like Hitchcock and everything. Yeah, and Tarantino's movie. awesome in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> they look like a couple of nerds. Yeah. They're your folks, motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. I never get tired of it. Yeah, and when he's talking about the coffee and just like, when she buys coffee, she buys shit. So, yeah, it's there's some really good ones out there. Mm. Mm. Very good, very good. Uh, Parker Posey Play Along, brought to you today by Jeff. And it'll be uh, at gungabit.com. And uh, for you, so there to, for you to answer. And probably better than Jeff's answer, but not better than mine, because my answer is good. And Jeff's bad. Uh, Jeff, what was the question one more time? It's uh, cameos, uh, cameo appearance, appearance. Your favorite cameo appearance <laughs> from uh, someone in a movie. Fantastic. Uh, the question will be at the boards, James and Jeff. It's an, another late night podcast, but on an unfamiliar day. I hope. Uh, I think it went all right. Hope you guys are feeling well. I know this is a little off schedule. I apologize once again, but. Uh, uh, I appreciate your guys' input, even this late. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Yeah, drive safe, people, and go Phillies. <laughs> By the time this is uh, this this is published, Phillies are 
uh, still playing baseball. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll get it up. This, I'll get it up tomorrow morning. So let's hope they're playing. Let's hope they're still alive. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. Right now, it is as as of this recording, it's three two Phillies in the bottom eight. Wow, devastating. So yeah, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you, live listeners. Thank you, everyone. Sorry, my apologies again for releasing it late. And a final congratulations to uh, Adam and Faith on the wedding last weekend. It was awesome. That's uh, the last one you're getting. Yeah, last one. Take care, everybody. The Oliver Platt Baby Fat Movie Hour. 